Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. High drive, Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. Party people! What's good? Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. It's another Wednesday, another hot day, December 15th. My co-host, former San Diego Padre, most notably Boston Red Sox, Texas Ranger World Series champion. I'm already out of breath. Well, he got quite the resume, my friend. Will Middlebrooks. Hey, you play for a lot, when you play for a lot of teams and you have to repeat it every week, yes, you're going to – people didn't want me. So, okay, I ended up in, like, a lot of different places. So, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, so it's not good to have a long resume. Oh, it's not. You don't want to be like a Jeter or, you know, Mariana where you're just like – and one spot, Dustin Pedroia, you know. Well, we're seeing guys finding new spots. Hot stove's picking up. I wouldn't say it's on fire, but it's, you know, you're like, like you're starting to cook some soup. Like it's taken a while for it to get warming. boiling, but it's you're starting warming. to see some bubbles. It's warming. Yeah. Um, Hunter Renfro signed with the Boston Red Sox. DJ LeMahieu and the Yankees, they're about $25 million away in their contract talks. Are the Yankees going to let $25 million get in the way? Assigning DJ LeMahieu, we'll have to wait to see. And then, most notably, not exactly breaking news, but it was this last weekend, the New York Mets bringing in James McCann on a four-year, $40 million deal. And I have thoughts on this, but I want you to go first. I'll kind of leave it to you. And I want to know what you think about this James McCann deal headed to Queens. You know, my initial reaction was, all right, I'm looking at his stat line, 249 career hitter. You know, there's a little bit of thump in there, but nothing that, like, really stands out. Um, Right, as a catcher, not the end of the world. He's known as a great catcher, great communicator, great game caller and manager. Um, So so that plays, but four at 40, correct? Four at 40. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure I got it right. Um, That's a lot of money for a catcher that doesn't hit 250. Uh, But the more I dug into it, I think he's continually getting better. I think he's going to play into that contract. And I think by the third, fourth year, we think maybe he's underpaid. I think he's worth it. I think he's going to be a really good attribute to that team with that pitching staff that we know is going to be really good if healthy. And they're still going after Bauer so they could get even better. So I'm a little indifferent on this. I think I don't have a problem with the signing. I think James McCann is a good player. However, in this day and age, you do not need a good hitting catcher. So just looking back at my notes here, last year, the Rays-Dodgers World Series, the Rays had Mike Zunino, not a great hitter, really good catcher, though, behind the dish. Dodgers, they platooned a little bit with Will Smith, Austin Barnes. And then we keep going back, Kurt Suzuki and Jan Gomes platooned for the Nationals. 2018, Sandy Leone, Christian Vasquez with the Red Sox. 
you have to go back to the early um, 2010s with San Francisco Giants. The last time you saw a catcher, that a team rely on a catcher to beat the meat of that lineup, it was the San Francisco Giants. And before that, it was like Mike Piazza, early 2000s with the Mets. And even before that, it was Gary Carter with the Mets in 1986. That was really the last time a World Series team relied on a catcher to be the meat of their lineup. So to me, it's not anything about James McCann. He's a good player. I just think he's an extremely unnecessary one for a National League team. It's I've said this for years with Gary Sanchez with the Yankees. I'd much rather have Kyle Higashioka behind a dish on an everyday basis, Gary Sanchez, because as much as a good hitting catcher, as nice of a luxury as it is, it's unnecessary in this day and age. Well, when you have a lineup point. like the Yankees do, you, I could be their catcher as long as I can receive still a few strikes and put the right num- the right fingers down. You don't have to hit when you got Judge, LeMahieu, Stan, Voight, like these guys, they carry the load. So, yeah. I get it. James McCann, he's, I think he's a good player, but I just don't think he's necessary. That's what it comes down to me. So we'll transition to this. We're going to be talking about a lot of fluke slash fat guys today. So that's where we're going with this segment today. Um, and most importantly, we're going to have Justin Upton on the show. who You can make the case – that last year, he did struggle. It goes without saying he had a struggle of a 2020 season. You can make the case that it was either a fluke or a fact. So he kind of fits into the show. Justin Upton, longtime MLB veteran, outfielder for the Los Angeles Angels. We're going to talk a little Mike Trout with him, of course, because Mike Trout, um, maybe a little Shohei Otani as well. I mean, that team's absolutely stacked. But let's get into this first, fact or fluke. So we're going to be talking about certain players that um, – stars that struggled – um, guys like Javi Baez. And we're also going to talk about guys who kind of came out of nowhere and broke out. Um, guys like Will Myers, just to kind of give you a little uh, foreshadowing for what we're going to expect. So we'll start with, of course, we always start with Will Middlebrooks because he's got the ring and I don't. So we always start <laughs> with Will. Um, first and foremost, let's start with Chris Bryant, um, a guy that really struggled in uh, 2020. And he was an MVP candidate just a few seasons ago. Not so much last season. And the Cubs are in this transition period. They had a new manager last year with David Ross. They have a new president of baseball operations after Theo Epstein is now gone. Um, so they're in a state of transition with Chicago. And Kyle Schwarber is gone. Um, it's a new era in Chicago. Do you think it was fact or fluke that Chris Bryant had a struggling 2020 season? Yeah, it's got to be fluke because this kid's too good. We've seen it for two, a few years now how the, the caliber he is as a, as a player, not only offensively, which I know as fantasy owners, offensive numbers are what's important, but um, he's a really good defender as well. Uh, I feel like he's a plus defender um, wherever they stick him. You can put him at first, third, left field. He's kind of a Swiss army knife, which is really good for a team to have, uh, especially in the National League, if there is no DH, which we still don't know if that's going to happen or not. We so, never going to know. Um, I think what, it, what comes down – with Chris Bryant, it, what it comes down to is I've talked to a few guys in that organization who I'm close with. And the thing with Chris Bryant is it's his confidence. He's kind of, he's not the swaggy hobby Baez, uh, Anthony Rizzo, you know, he's not Contreras. He's not going to outwardly show it. He, he needs to be pumped up sometimes. He, he needs to be reminded how good of a player he is. He doesn't have it in himself to just know it all the time. I think he needs to be reminded of how good he is. So in a year like last year, it started bad. He had the injuries. He had the hit by pitches, he had the elbow, the, the, the wrist, the finger. Then he ended with the oblique at the end of the year. Um, he only played 34 games. So for a guy like Chris Bryant, he has to be on the field. He needs to be out there every day. He needs to 
you know, let that confidence snowball because it can just as fast go the, it, the opposite direction, which we saw with him last year. It, it's not, it's not a mechanical thing. He's got a super, probably the most simple setup load uh, point from A to B in, in the game, short swing, but he's through the zones so long. He's got the best bat, bat path in the league, in my opinion. Um, it, this just comes down to the mental side of the game. Yeah. And I think you hit it on the nose when it comes to mental, because I can really relate to Chris Bryant. I'm, I'm pretty much Chris Bryant of CBS sports. I'm going to, you know, when I was playing, I was a, I had to see success before I experienced success. It's, it's a real thing. And, and maybe it's a self-conscious um, ego type thing. I don't know what it is, but I had to see it before I could experience it for myself. That was just at the, it was a lower level, but that was just for me. And even in the work, that's industry, a real thing at, at any level, even the superstars industry, go through that. Any work industry. It doesn't matter if you're in a uh, working the drive through at a McDonald's, if you aren't seeing success, it's going to be really hard to get any kind of stride. Um, and so when you're looking at Chris Bryant, I'm not going to say it's uh, fact. I'm going to say it's somewhere in between. I'm not going to say it's fluke either. I think he's somewhere in between. I don't think he is someone that you can rely on on an everyday basis to be your number three hitter because of the reasons you just mentioned. Even if he's healthy? Even when he's healthy, because I want a guy that has that. We talked about it yesterday. That black mamba mentality. I'm better than you. I don't think Chris Bryant brings that on an everyday basis. I need my three hitter to bring that on an everyday basis. And when you're looking at his stats, when you're looking at his analytics, his analytics was decent last year. I mean, his strikeout percentage was up and his wall percentage was down. Those aren't great. But when you look at his exit velocity, 86.1, it was right around his career average of 87.9. Little downtick, but not much. Um, his barrel percentage has gone down each year since 2016, which is a little concerning to me. So for those reasons, I think he's somewhere in between. I can't pencil him into my number three hole every single day, though, because he doesn't have that mentality. I, I, I agree. I can't argue that. You, you do have to, to hit in the, in the meat of the lineup in a, in a, uh, on a big league team, on a contender, you have to have that killer mentality. You got to have that swag. You, you need it because on an everyday basis, it is a grind against – and you're going to get the best – of the best of every pitcher you face when you have the name Chris Bryant because it's a target on your back. You're one of the best players, known as one of the best players in the league. So you have to have almost trick yourself to like, I got it. I got it today. Even if I'm 0 for 10, 0 for 15, I got it. I'm going deep twice with a couple doubles, a couple web gems. you got to have that mentality. Who was your guys' killer uh, for the Red Sox? Like the guy that just had that mentality, like I'm better than you. It didn't even matter if he said Poppy, dude. Is that a real question? Yeah. Big Poppy. He, yeah. Yes. He, he honestly, I mean, he, he told us, like, I, I can hit a 100-mile-per-hour fastball until I'm 80 years old. He's like, you will never, ever be able to throw a fastball by me. I can react to the off speed. But you could literally throw – if you throw 110 miles an hour, I set my dial to 112, and I'm always ready to hit the fastball, and, and I will not miss it because – I'm as good as I am. And that's big poppy. And that's why he was one of the best DHs of all time. One last kind of tidbit with Brian that I found really interesting before we move on. Everything was pretty much down when you talk about barrel percentage and, and um, hard hits. One that was up was his launch angle. Maybe he has someone in his ear telling him you need to get the ball in the air a little bit more. Maybe that's playing with him a little bit. I don't know. It was, the, it was a career high in launch angle. Launch. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, it could be that could be I mean, I could be wrong when I say it's not mechanical. Maybe, you know, somebody tinkered with his swing, but he doesn't need more launch. He automatically has like really good posture to the ball. I'm getting technical now as hitting, but like 
he has a natural uppercut swing. So he doesn't need more. So if he is trying to get more, which I get it in the Windy City playing in, in Chicago, it's either going to play like the biggest park in the world or the smallest. If the wind, the, It depends on the wind direction. When the wind's blowing out, if you hit it in the air, it's going to land on the street behind the stadium. That's just how it is. But back to my main point, he, he has launch in his swing naturally. He needs to get back to just his natural fundamental swing and just see ball, hit ball, because he's got it. We got another guy on this list. Moving on for Chris Bryant here. You're going with Fluke. I'm going with somewhere in between. Uh, moving on, Christian Yelich, another guy that was really surprising coming off that knee injury that he had in 2019. He was probably in line to win MVP if he hadn't got injured. Cody Bellinger ended up taking that reign in 2019. Came back in 2020 and strike out. He struck out a lot compared to his career numbers. Um, he hit 205, which is a career low. It still had 12 homers, 22 RBIs. Um, but his strikeout, he struck out a lot. He also walked a whole lot more too. So I'll get my thoughts. Uh, I think this is the ultimate, ultimate fluke of a season for an MVP type caliber player, but go ahead. No, I totally agree. I think this is, so one of the best things about baseball players is how routine oriented they are, but it's also one of the worst things because when you have a season like last year uh, with COVID, there is no normalcy. There's no routine. Your routine that you've had your entire career is out the window. You can only be on the field at a certain uh, certain amount of time. You can only be at the stadium for a certain amount of time. These guys are used to coming in at noon, getting cage work in, doing video, doing more field work. Uh, I think he was taken out of his routine. I honestly do because we know how good he is. We know how good his swing is. It's not mechanical. I watched his swing during the season doing hits for CBS uh, Sports HQ. And it's not his swing. It's not his mechanics. So to me, it's just like Brian, it's, it's a mental thing. And I think it goes back to his routine and how everything uh, was just tossed out the window uh, for last season. He couldn't, he didn't have his normal um, preparation. He, you know, they had, we talked about it. We've talked about it in the past. So they took the video out. Like maybe he's a video guy. Maybe he likes to go watch his at bats in between at bats. And now he can't do that anymore. Uh, or maybe it's just he doesn't have enough time to get all the work in he, he needs, and it just throws him off. I know it. when I played, if we were about to go out for BP and we're about to do our thing, and then it would rain, we wouldn't get to take BP, and everything was in the cages last second, it threw me off because I had a normal routine. Creatures of habit. You know, they're still professionals, and they're still required to adapt and, and make it work, but some guys handled it better. We saw a lot of good players have down years, and I think that played into it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think you actually went even too far. When you look at his numbers, so, okay, put on your boomer hat because I know it's right next to you. You always keep it handy, your boomer hat. Go back to, like, 1950, okay, and we look at Yelich's numbers. He hit 205 last year. Boomers would be like, oh, what an atrocious season. This kid's terrible. Why do we give him so much money? He had the highest exit velocity of his career last year. Right. He had the highest hard hit percentage of his career last year the highest walk percentage of his career last year. This guy was set. He was an MVP. You could, I, I would say two straight seasons. I'd so still think. Tell me it's his, 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 the batting average balls in play. Is that it? Thank you. That's where I was getting to. He had the All lowest right. batting average. Um, you just set me up. That was a great alley-oop by you. Lowest batting average on ball in play last year of his career. He was a perfect example of just 
a guy who just got unlucky. A guy who unlucky. hit more hard balls last year than almost anybody in the big leagues, yet he had one of the lowest batting average averages in the big leagues. That is a case of a, a subject of consequence. That's all he was last year. And he still hit the long ball. He did strike out a little bit more last year. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But his walk his chase percentage, career low. He's seeing the ball like a beach ball, yet he just wasn't getting the results. Yeah, well, that's as a hitter, that's so that's almost more frustrating than when you're than when you're just going bad. When you're like they're throwing golf balls at at you at 200 miles an hour, which it feels felt like a, for probably half my career. Okay, but would you rather would you rather go 0 for four with four lineouts or three for four with three Texas leaguers in the show? In yeah. the show, I want three knocks because I want to get paid. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta be on base to win, right? So my lineouts, it's like you come in the dugout and everybody's like, good swing, man. And you're like, shut up. Yeah. Good swing. I'm out. I can't help us win. No. Yeah, it's a good swing. But shut up. Don't tell me that. I, I think batting average and balls in play, too. I, I take into account that same time. I think some players are just really good at finding holes. Uh, I think some players Purposely? are – I mean, there's not many like bat handlers anymore, unless you're looking at like Fletcher of the A's or like, fair, yeah, fair. Le- I mean, LeMahieu's a guy who's got pop who can do it, but there's not many like bat to ball contact guy who guys are up there trying to poke things through the four hole or just find the hole. The guys are trying to slug now because that's where the money's at and that's when they're getting paid. So moving on to a couple guys who broke out, I'm not going to say out of nowhere, they've had a little bit of success before but really broke out, put themselves on a whole new level was Will Myers and Luke Voigt. And uh, for those listening uh, right now through the earphones, we're going to have Justin Upton coming up soon, just a few minutes away from Justin Upton, uh, longtime Los Angeles Angel, Arizona Diamondback. He will be joining us. But first, Will Myers, um, a guy that has been an all-star before, but last year found himself in the middle of the Padres lineup that was just crushing anything that was out there on that, on that mound. He hit 288. 15 homers, 40 ribby, and a career high in barrel percentage exit velo. Are you considering this season a fact or a fluke of a year? I'm considering it a fact because I've seen it in person. I played with him in San Diego. I played against him when he was first getting to the big leagues uh, when he was in Tampa. And I, a really cool story about just how talented he is. He was out for early work. I want to say it was in 2013. So that was his rookie year, I believe. And, um, he was out taking early work at like two o'clock, one thirty, two o'clock. He was hitting off a tee at home plate in the trop where the ball really doesn't fly to center field. And there's the center field fence and there's a wall and then like a roof on top of like a, a little building back behind center field. Yep. And he was hitting he hit, I literally watched my own eyes. I'm not making this up. Ten balls in a row, dead center, out to center field. Homers off the, off, off the tee, bro. Like that's it was hard to do that in BP. So like from that point on, I was a Will Myers fan. I'm like, wow, that's that's some of the most raw pop I've ever seen. That's up there with like Giancarlo and those guys. Um, so, but then I got a chance to play with them, and I realized another reason he's so good is how simple he is. He doesn't overthink things. He's so simple. Just literally see ball, hit ball. He's got his little routine uh, that's super simple as well in the cage. He does his tee, he does his flips. He'll take like 20 swings in the cage and then he's ready to go rock and roll. He literally goes in the cage just to get loose. Uh, meanwhile, I'm in there like working my back hip, like where I'm taping, where I'm stepping. So I step in the same, you know, it's like Stretching I had to do that to compete. He didn't have to, he just naturally had it. And I, on top of him being that talented, I think 
he doesn't have any pressure on him anymore. The last couple of years before this year, he, yes. he there was pressure on him to be the guy, to yes. be the stud um, in that lineup. And now Hosmer, <laughs> Machado, Tatis, uh, Grisham, like there's so many guys contributing that he doesn't he can just sit in the background on the back burner and play his simple baseball like see ball hit ball no pressure if I don't get a knock no big deal I got guys making 200 million dollars gonna pick me up here that's the best mentality to have and that's why he's having having so much success and that's why it's a fact which is why I agree because it, it really depends on what your version or your definition of fact or fluke is. I think it's a fact because I think he's much better than his 2019 self was. Um, he's not very similar to Chris Bryant. I don't want Will Myers hitting three for me every day. I don't even want him hitting two, three, four. I want him hitting six. I want him com- being completely free of his mind um, because like you said, he's a very simple guy. He shows up to the park. He's going to be free-minded regardless of where he hits, but <laughs> – he calling it, he I, do, like, I mean that in a respectful way. I'm not like talking about it. I just Cody mean Bellinger like he, playoff, he's man. so carefree. Yeah, yeah, he's so carefree. You could hit him wherever, and that's just part of what makes him a good ball player. And that works for some players. Like some people don't want the analytics. Some people don't want these extra numbers. Like they just want to keep it simple. I want Will Myers keeping it as simple as possible because I think when he has too much stuff and too many expectations, yeah. that's where he goes off his rocker. Give him a picture book of <laughs> like everything and just let him figure it out. Like. He doesn't need words. He doesn't need like complexity. Just give him a picture book and he's good. Instead of a scouting report, instead of a scouting report, it's just like a cartoon of like Clayton Kershaw. It's like the uh, pages you like go through on the side and you see the picture happening when you like fray the pages (laughs) on the side. Oh yeah. (laughs) We had those. I'm a lot older than you. So we we had those growing up. (laughs) Oh, okay. You had iPads. I was picturing more like a pop-up book. But the last guy we have on our list, Justin Nothing's going to be coming up soon. Um, on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. But first, Luke Voigt, New York Yankee, uh, led the American League last year, led the majors in home runs with 22 homers, 52 ribbies. And that's despite having a career low of 268 batting average on ball and play. Um, he's really been the guy that, as all these other guys have gone down, Judge, Giancarlo, even LeMahieu was hurt a little bit last year. He's healthy, and he's always going to be in the lineup, and he's always going to hit. Big, bulky dude, raw power. Yeah, and, and he lost like 20 pounds coming into last season. People were wondering, is he going to lose some juice and uh, hit 22? And, I mean, that short of a season, that abbreviated of a season, that's insane. 52 stakes, 52 RBIs. And, um, I mean, honestly, I, I'm going to – this is I was kind of a, like in the middle on this one. Was it a flu? Was it a fact? I'm going to go with fact uh, just because of the players that are around him. Yeah. All right. Let me explain this. It's not because of a hitting coach. Hitting coaches in the big leagues are, are very important um, as far as like scouting reports and being there for whatever you need. But hitting coaches aren't what you think they are in the big leagues. They're not going to come tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, bud, I didn't like where your hands were. Let's work on that. I didn't like your stride there. Let's change it. Only if you go to them will they break down your mechanics because it's the big leagues and you have to be your best coach. All right. Now let's look who's in that lineup with him. Some of the best hitters in the game. LeMayhew, there's your contact, bat to ball, uh, just really pure hitter. Aaron Judge, Stanton. Well, sometimes. If, you know, if they ate a bowl of Wheaties and actually didn't pull a hammy that day. True, but they're still very good hitters. 
Uh, and they've been good hitters for a while. Stan's, yes, he's been hurt a lot. Yes, Judge has been hurt a lot. But they're still elite hitters. Whatever strikeout rate, whatever you want to throw out there, they're still elite power hitters in baseball. Luke Voigt is a power hitter. He has a lot to learn from those guys. And he is learning. Whether it's cage routine, BP routine, video routine, whatever it may be, he's learning and he's soaking it in. And you see him getting better and better and better. Even as the season went on last year, He's still barreling balls nonstop, all right? So that just tells me he's, he's opening his eyes and his ears, and he's using his resources that are around him in that lineup. So he had a career year last year. Barrel percentage, that's despite his barrel percentage and hard hit percentage, both down. That right. kind of shows you what he's capable of. And I got, I'm going to go in. I wish we had one of those, like, air horns, like, meh, 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 like, air horn, like, super number crunch, awesome stat for you, because I have one for you. So since he got traded to, to New York in 2018, um is middle of the year he has 57 dingers and we talked about the injury concerns with judge and Giancarlo judge and Giancarlo since that date have a combined 58 homers so Luke Voigt has one less homer than judge and Giancarlo since that trade he's on the field he's on the field he stays on the field so So that's the best thing you can bring to a table is being healthy yeah especially if you got a lot of pop because if you're on the field for let's say a regular 162 games season and you're on the field for 140 games with his type pop you're gonna run into 30 oh, and yeah. nine, in 90 in that ballpark oh my gosh right the pop he's got backside just touch it just touch it you know and i and i love that he was able to cut weight and remain strong and powerful and, and cutting that weight is going to take a lot of stress off the knees hips ankles and he's going to continue to stay in the lineup and not have those nagging injuries that a lot of players have so you're fat luke Voigt. I'm fact. He's a real deal. I share that same sentiment. He's a fact. Are the Los Angeles Angels true playoff contenders? We've been asking this for years. We will have Justin Upton up next to tell us why he believes the Angels are set up for some success in 2021. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And we back, back again, as Nicki Minaj might say. Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Don't be shaking your head at me, Will, because we got a great guest who is also back, maybe not again, but he's with us. Justin Upton, the four-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger, 14-year MLB veteran, going to be heading into his fifth season and it's going to be with the los angeles angels of course justin upton thank you so much for joining us no problem fellas glad to be here 
I want to ask you this because I was looking at your Instagram. I was stalking you a little bit, low key. You're a big time Frozen fan, right? Um, I I'm not sure if it's by choice. It's more forced, but um, I have seen both multiple times, um, and I can pretty much recite every song. So I guess you could call me a fan. Did you have two kids? Two little girls. Yeah, two kids. I, I get it. Like. That's just how it goes. You gotta watch kids' movies. So yeah. <laughs> let's get into some baseball. So, like my I mean, my first question, and this is something that a lot of people want to know. I think this would be really cool. What's it like to play with Mike Trout? <laughs> I'm just gonna throw uh, that out there. I'm uh, sure you never have to answer this question, but I mean this No, is never. This is the first time I've ever heard it. Um to be honest with you, man, like it's it's you, you get used to it, but when you first start playing with them, like, it's kind of laughable. It's, you know, <laughs> like, just watching his work and then, you know, watching him going out into the game and it's it's just a, it's a different level. I mean, it's hard to explain. It's like he's the – I think he's one of the few guys in the league that even when he's struggling, struggling, right. I'll put that in, in quotes, like – Pitchers are scared to death, dude. And, and, you know, even when he's feeling bad at any point, he can pop you. So it's like, you know, you, you always have to be on your toes facing them. And, um, you know, you can just feel it. You can feel it as his at-bats go on. You can you can feel that, you know, it's something, something big's about to happen. I remember even playing, like, third base against him. And he's just – when he comes to the plate, and that's nothing against you or any of your other teammates, but, like, when he comes to the plate, there's just a little more buzz in the stadium. I'm thinking, here's something coming to me. I mean, you guys are going to hit the ball just as hard, but it's just something about – it's like when you face a – we talked on, on last week's show about facing Mariano. Like, there's just something about the name that comes with the player that creates a buzz, and, and you think differently about him. Is he a guy that – obviously, he's just naturally blessed. We know that. But the way he go about goes about his work, is he one of those that's uh, a cage rat, workouts all the time? Like, is he one of those guys, or does he just naturally roll out of bed and, and hit? Well, I, I think it's a combination of both. Like, if he really wanted to, he could just roll out of bed and, and he'd still be the best player on the planet right now. But um, he does work. I mean, uh, dude gets in the weight room. He, uh, you know, in his cage work, he's, he's very um, – very punctual about it. I think he, he just, he has a, he has a way of doing it. And like, he has a feeling that he's searching for each day and uh, he will stay in the cage until he feels it. Let me ask you this for your perspective. Cause you normally hit right behind him. Do you feel like you get better pitches to hit when he's in the lineup? No, I mean, the, the, the Supreme focus is on him and him only is the, I don't think anybody ever looks at on deck circle and goes, uh, well, you know, I, I'll pitch to him or, you know, I'll, I'll try to get the next guy or it, it's, I mean, with him being on base, obviously it helps. He gets on base, you know, at a pretty heavy clip, um, you know, so it does help, you know, when he's on base and, and, you know, they, they don't have open bases to, to, um, to pitch around or, or, you know, to be really careful. Um, but I mean, just his presence in the lineup definitely, you know, makes, makes a world of difference. When you're going into a game against a pitcher, you face them in the past, you see the chase rates, you see what you're doing well, because you always see as a hitter, you want to, you don't want to build your plan or approach at the plate to the pitcher strengths. You want to, you want to do it to your strengths because right. if you build it to a pitcher strengths, you're going to, there, here comes the chases, you know, you're going right. to buy into what they want. So does, do those numbers help you build your plan? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're if you're struggling on a break, like on a on a curveball specifically, I know you like I, to keep it simple too. So yeah, it's like, yeah, the more simple the better, so the less numbers. I get it for sure. Uh, but you know, if I look at and I'm I look and I'm chasing curveballs down, and you know, I've been doing that for a month. Of course, I look at this guy and I go, all right, well, he's got a good curveball. I got a pretty good idea of what I'm going to get. Right. And, you know, they if, have, I, they if have I these numbers in front of them, too, and they're like, yeah, oh, they have chase numbers. I'm going to attack. Right. that. Okay. Right. So, I mean, you, you definitely have to be prepared for it and know what you're going to get. But things could change at the plate. You know, there, there's there's times where you get a full scout report. All right. This guy doesn't he doesn't throw, you know, he doesn't pitch in. Right. He doesn't pitch in very often. And then <laughs> you're that, you know, you're batting in the middle of the lineup and you get three pitches in like it's like little stuff like that. You just have to really, you know, take with a grain of salt because it's, it's, it changes throughout the game. The, it's the, a constant cat and mouse. They're so like, this is right. what my scouting report says. This is what they're looking at. So here's the meat of their lineup. I'm going to try to go against that a little bit, even though that might be not his strength. That may be the way he thinks he can beat the meat of a lineup. Right. Or he, he has, to, or he knows he has to show it. Right. If he doesn't show it, he's going to get killed. You know, like exactly. there's, there's, there's all, there's so much that goes into it, dude. And like, you don't know what that guy's going to do. You just try to get a, the best idea of what he's going to do and, and go with it. You know, we give him too much credit too. these. Pitchers, yeah. Like we <laughs> yeah. have this perfect, like, okay, he's going to make this pitch. He might be trying, but he also yeah. might throw a five seamer right down the middle. Can we, <laughs> yeah. please, get, can we so, please get a pitcher on this show so we can no, absolutely pitcher? Or, man, like I feel like I come on a show and it's just shit on pitching every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of it. Like, like we need to get some arms on this show. I'm tired you of guys it. Are Adam, but think, think about it this coming, way, though. Think about it this way, though. If pitchers are smart, we'd never get hits. That's true. Pitchers overthink, man. Yeah. So that's true. I'll, I'll give you that. That's we, why we have a job. That's because, why we're so smart. You think about this though. Half the guys in the league are throwing 95 to hundred and with a nasty breaking ball. And somehow we're getting hits. It ain't because we're that good. It's because you guys are doing something wrong. <laughs> like I, I think there's every hitter in the league goes, Oh, give me 95 to hundred with a, a dirty breaking ball and a split and see what I do with it. You know, yeah. but you know, you, you Gotta let the pitchers do what they do. One thing I noticed too, because I was looking at your stat line. Okay, so you were an all-star in 2009. And then two mm-hmm. years later, you became a real true MVP candidate with Arizona. And one thing that really stuck out to me is each year you typically got hit by a pitch like five, six times. That one year in 2011, you get hit 19 times. 19 times yeah. Were these pitchers just like, okay, I'm not going to let this Upton kid come in here and just take over the league. I'm just going to crowd him in there. I'm going to crowd him. I'm going to throw fastballs in her half. Did you feel that? Um, well, I didn't want you to get I think, well, I, yeah, I think early in my career, like it was, let's see if he can hit the ball the other way and let's see if he can stay on the slider. And I got a ton of sliders down the way. I had to learn how to hit that and – you know, I was I was hammering the heater. So like, I think the only thing they they were they were like, all right, well we're gonna figure out where they can he can turn on the ball now. And it was just like I got pounded in a ton. Um, everybody wanted to really come in hard and then and still try to expose the soft away. And I just got hit a lot. And it, I, and also my hitting coach was Don Baylor, who was the king of getting hit by pitches. Um, so he was like, don't bail. Make sure you stay on what you want to stay on. And I, it, it worked. 
I, I had, you know, I had good years when, when he was my head coach. Yeah. They haven't hit you since you had those 19 hit by pitches. And then after that, it was like five hit by pitches the next season, five, the next, like they are, yeah. they aren't messing with you after that. <laughs> I think I learned how to get out of the way of it. <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, you were getting on first and all of a sudden it was a double because you were still yeah. in bags too. But, yeah. I was, I was running a little bit more then too. I think they're, what's uh, I want to hear about uh, Mr. Madden. This guy's like the, the mad scientist of baseball. Um, obviously, you know what he did in Chicago, and then what he's what he's brought to to you guys. I'm just I've never played for him. I've only played against him, and he always seems like the most interesting man alive. And I just always want to sit in a room and just pick his brain. So, what's he like as a manager? Um, he's I'd say he's he's different than anybody I've ever played for for sure. Um. He's super laid back. Uh, he kind of – he lets the players do what they do. Like, it, it's uh, it's a, it's different than – like, some some coaches like to kind of put their hand in every jar. It, he he really trusts his coaching staff. He um, allows them to do what they're there for. Um, and, you know, it brings a looseness and a philosophy that um, you don't see everywhere. Um, he wants to see each team uh, to, to create their own identity. Um, he talks a lot about creating your identity and he's on board with that. Whatever, whatever personnel you have, he's very good at, um, you know, just kind of meshing that person that, you know, that personnel and that and creating a personality for each team. I think, um, you know, some coaches come in and try to, you know, impose their will and what they want their team to be. But, He's different in the fact that, you know, we had a full meeting talking about what we wanted uh, our identity to be. And he allowed us to talk instead of him trying to impose his will, which was um, different than I've ever seen. And he allowed us to be us. And and I think that was that was very important for us to see as a team. So we'll get into some rapid fire questions here pretty quick. But I have one more before we, uh, you know, kick it into second gear. Do you guys think, I mean, it's so early in free agency and there's still a lot of dominoes left to fall. Do you guys think you have enough right now to be a playoff contender? Um, we were very good offensively uh, last year. Um, you know, our pitchers were kind of, uh, they pitched well, well at times. And we just, as an offense, we never clicked when our pitching was pitched. Like as a whole unit, we just never clicked. Um, I think if, if we were clicking on all cylinders, for sure, we could we could make our way there. Um, so at the end of the day, man, that's that's what baseball is all about. I mean, the, the teams that win are the teams that play well as a unit uh, for large portions of the season. I, we just never all got on the same page, but our team's very talented. Um, and we just at the end of the day, we just have to play better as a unit. Before these rapid fire I just I have to ask, is Otani like just that special? Um, he's the most talented baseball player I've ever seen. And that, and, and, and that, that's be, and that's because he can do everything. Right. Like Mike Trout can't pitch. Mookie Betts can't pitch. I mean, Mookie might be able to pitch. I don't know, but like, <laughs> there's guys that like there's there's really good baseball players at what they do but there's no there's nobody who does everything he's the fastest guy on our team he's got the most pop on our team 
and he throws the hardest on our team. Like, probably he's he's one of the harder throwers in the league. He's a baseball unicorn, is what he is. Yeah, like there, there's there's not anybody else that can do what he does. Like, if he was in the home run derby right now, I'm picking him to win. Do, do you think he'd a, be better if he specialized? If he just stuck to hitting or just stuck to pitching? What do you think he'd be better at? In, in well, today's game, in today's game, I mean, I know in, t- in today's game, I, there's a reason that he's a two-way player. There's like right. he can do both. Like if you wanted to tell him go play right field and hit, he would he would be an all-star hitter, and he's gonna be in the con- like if he has enough time out there he's going to be in the conversation for like a gold glove or just cause he's going to have a bazooka. He can, he can run as fast as anyone in the league. So he's like, it's just a matter of learning to defend. Yeah. And then you put and him on the mound for him really at this point. It, 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 like, I think at some point he may have to choose, but you know, if you put him on the mound fully healthy, everybody saw it. Like yeah. it's, it's a hundred with a there. filthy split and a slider. Like when it, when he's healthy. So like, you can't tell a guy like that to choose. And right. you got to utilize like he, both as long as he's got can. the tools for both. Exactly. Like there's. That's cool, man. You get to play yeah, with, I, I mean, between Trout, Otani, and Pujols, I mean, Rendon's nobody to turn your nose at either. Like, yeah. You got yeah, stacked. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Stacked. And when you, like, I've, I've played with, it's crazy because, like, I played with Cabrera. Played with pool holes. I played like I, I played against pool holes when he was like in his prime, Eight. but like being able to play with him, like even pool holes, like it's later in his career. But this dude, when you just like you watch his work and then like the way his brain works at the plate is just next level. And like I've had a I've, it's I've had a pretty special career because I've had a chance to be around like three of the greatest hitters you're ever gonna see, sure. and you can tell why they're different. And, you know, as far as pure hitter, like I'm, I have trouble like Miggy Albert, you know, I mean, obviously Trouty's got years and years to go and he'll probably be up there in that conversation. But like, just as far as the way the the brains work, it's just, it's, it's next level. For sure. That's good stuff. All right. We're going to finish this on a quick rapid fire. Just a few questions. Get, let the fans get to know you a little bit. So uh, we'll start it off. What's your favorite vacation spot? Uh, Cabo. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Favorite road city and stadium. They can be two different ones. but Two different ones. Um, favorite road city, I'll have to say Chicago. Great city. Um, favorite stadium to play in. It's a little bit weird and off the radar, um, but Minnesota, love Minnesota Stadium. Just, you know, yeah. like, yeah, it's in downtown. It's, you know, the, the backdrop, the, the stadium itself, great. It's new. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you were going to cook me something, if you're going to cook me dinner right now, what would it be? Ooh, um, I'm probably going to go with um, some beef short ribs on Ooh. the smoker. Okay. Um, some creamy polenta. Probably with, with some Parmesan. You're getting fancy on me, Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I need better friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna go with some uh, some Brussels sprouts with a little little bit of bacon in them. Oof! All right, yeah. I'll, I'll be hopping on that flight here soon. <laughs> uh, let's see. What's your favorite walkout you've ever had? Walkout song. Um, 
favorite walkout song I've had. Dang, that's tough, dude. I've had a lot of really I've good a lot. ones. I've had a lot of them. I change it every year. So, like, that's – um. Yeah, you're not that guy who has the same one all the time. It's no, I'm not. Whatever's hot. Whatever's, yeah, hot. whatever's hot. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Remember yeah, yeah. your first walkout song in the big leagues? No, I have no clue what I walked out to in 07, dude. Yeah, I don't even know if I picked it. Um, all, right. all right. Two more. One teammate that you would not quarantine with and why? <laughs> one teammate I'm not quarantining with. Um, probably Will Middlebrooks. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's so funny you said that. That's that, a lie. That's a full lie, Justin. Jackie, Jackie picked you to quarantine with. So you're either really good friends with people or they hate you. Justin knows I can take the criticism. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> all right, give me one thing on your bucket list you haven't done yet. My bucket list I haven't done yet. Um, You know what? It's kind of weird, but I haven't been to Hawaii, and I really want to go to Hawaii. I, I don't know why I haven't been. It just – it just never works into the off season, but I, you know, I want to go. I want to do the island life for a couple of weeks, play golf. And, yes. Yeah, you know, I heard the golf's amazing. So I, I, got, I got a couple spots. I'll text you. I had a good spot over there. Yeah, for sure. I got one more before we let you go. Of course Is you it, do. I'm. I wanted. I want to continue this conversation for like two more hours. This has been great stuff. But is it true you played on the same U team as Mark Reynolds, Ryan Zimmerman, David Wright, and your brother Melvin? Yeah, we, I mean that one team. So, yes, yes, and no. So that squad was assembled, and they it was a it was a, a fall ball team. So we used to you know used to travel around all the showcases and stuff. I was on the team, but those guys were in the at the age of being like scouted and drafted and stuff. I was eighth grade freshman, so like. Did I get in games? Yes. But I wasn't like a star like those guys were. So like I'd go, I'd practice, I'd be with them on the weekends and stuff, and I was there. And I was, it was almost like a taxi squad player. Like if one of the guys needed a day and needed a blow, like I I'd go out there, but like I wasn't a guy. I feel so bad for these 14, 15 year olds rolling up to the park and they look on the other side. And you have Justin Upton, Melvin Upton, Mark Reynolds, Ryan Zimmerman, and David Wright on the other side. I mean, I would just pack my bags and leave at that point. <laughs> no shot. No shot. Justin Upton, like Justin Upton, longtime MLB veteran, going to be coming back hungry this next season with the Los Angeles Angels. Jay Up, thanks so much for joining us, man. No problem, fellas. Talk about an absolute bump. Shohei Otani, the best player Justin Upton's ever seen. Does that surprise you at all, considering he's teammates with Mike Trout, as you called him the Jesus of today or whatever? Uh, yeah, well, whatever. So, yes, it does surprise me. It does surprise me because Mike Trout is like Mike Trout. He's Mike Trout. How do you – how else you say it other than he's just Mike Trout? And he's a, he will go down, in my opinion, as the best player in baseball. But I love that Justin said that about him because he – what did he say? But Trout can't pitch. Trout doesn't throw 99 with sink – a split and a good, good breaking ball. That's a good point. You know, I, I want to see Otani healthy. I, I do want to see him be able to continue to do both. I like I asked Justin, like, do you think he should be able to specialize? Should he just stick to hitting or sit the pitch, pitching? He's like, why? <laughs> if you can do both as above average as he can, 
why not do it and go down in history as one of the best players in the game? Yeah, I think it's you can make the argument that you're probably going to be a better hitter if you stick to hitting, a better pitcher if you stick to pitching. But if you have the talent, why the hell not? I mean, don't yeah. handful of guys right. all time that can do that. So, yeah, there's like I said, there's a handful of guys who've ever been able to do that at, at this high of a level. Do it as long as you can, man. Do it. Like, that's so cool for the game. And the game needs more like this to get people's attention so people continue to watch it. We're about a little more than a week away from Christmas. Are you busy next Wednesday? Are you down to do this one more time? Maybe a couple more times? Am I busy? Yeah. No, never. No. I'm, I'm always down for this. I love this. I say it every episode. We're talking baseball in December. I'm a happy man. It's a date. Next Wednesday. We'll do it again. Fancy Baseball Day podcast. For my colleague, my co-host, Will Middlebrooks, myself, thanks for joining us. Fantasy Baseball Today podcast will be back with you next Wednesday. Frank and the boys will be back as soon as this week. See you guys. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property, it's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on fantasy baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.